Welcome to Changing the Sales Game podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. As always, thanks so much for joining us this week. Now, I hope every week as you listen, I don't think you cannot feel my passion about changing that word sales of something that's icky, sleazy, and manipulative, really so that we're serving our, our clients and our prospects from that perspective of love, care, and respect. And if you're not doing it that way, please stop because you're doing it wrong, right? So to help you on that mindset shift journey, right, going from that sales is icky to sales is something of service, I have a free gift for you. Go to my website and you'll get my free communication style assessment. You get you get literally a report showing your natural communication superpowers. And you also get a little report about your blind spot or your lowest style, which I feel oftentimes is where our biggest growth comes from. So go to WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA, my free gift to you to help you on your journey. Now, my motivational quote today is by Paul Ryan. And Paul says, Behind every small business, there's a story worth knowing. All the corner shops in our towns and cities, the restaurants, cleaners, gyms, hair salons, hardware stores, these don't come out of nowhere. Now, I'm asked all the time, you know, Con, why'd you start your business? And for me, it was really about gaining control, of course, of my time, my income, and being able to choose um, really to serve others in a bigger way than what corporate had allowed me. Um, over the past 20 years, working with corporate clients as well as business owners directly, it's really become clear to me that owning a business is a calling. And we choose the uncertainty of that steady paycheck or that market fluctuation that that we all face, new technologies that come to market, and the list of uncertainty just goes on. So why do we choose this path? Because we're crazy, right? In a good way. Well, today, of course, I have an expert guest, um, and my guest is Dr. Dale Caldwell. Now, Dale and I are going to dig in and discuss challenges small businesses face and really the future of entrepreneurship. Now, Dr. Dale is the executive director of the FDU Rothman Institute of Innovation and Entrepreneurship. He has become an important voice for entrepreneurs here in New Jersey, and he graduated from Princeton University, received his MBA from Wharton School, and and a doctorate from Seton Hall. So please help me welcome my amazing guest, Dale, to the show. Dale, thank you for being on. Hey, Connie, it's wonderful to be on your on your show. I've really grown to admire you and all the great things, great information you share with so many people. So thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. And same same to you. Dale's doing amazing things out there, which we're going to hear about um, today so that you can find him, connect with him and really leverage the information that he's sharing and all the great things you're doing out there in the marketplace. So first question, share with everybody your background, because you do have a very interesting background. Well, well, I, I I like to begin with uh, my dad, who who passed away in, in in September of 2020. But he knew in March with Dr. King, and so I grew up around the civil rights movement. My mom, who's 87, um, who's uh, who lives with me now, is uh, was a teacher for 50 years. So I grew up around people that cared about people, and so um, you know I I uh, went to some expensive schools, as you heard, and uh, and wanted to use that to really develop those skills to see. How can I help, really very much like you, Connie, how can I help people be better at what they do, but also live better lives? And can I tell you, right, Dale, that's the name of the game, making a living and building a business, right, and building a family. That's all so important. But if we don't have happiness built in and we're not serving, we're kind of like just falling flat, right, I think on our responsibility to our communities, right, and whatever that means to to everybody, because this is, right, a global show. 
Talk about and, and explain what is um, the FDU Rothman Institute, Fairleigh Dickinson University Rothman Institute? Well, I, I've been at, at Fairleigh Dickinson University for uh, for over three years. And so this Rothman Institute of Innovation and Entrepreneurship was founded about 32 years ago, really focusing on working with family businesses, working with veteran businesses, working with student entrepreneurs, and working with urban entrepreneurs. And so our focus is really to really support their growth and develop to research around them. And we really have become an important voice for, for them because, as you know, small businesses are often overlooked by the powers that be, and yet they're the key to the growth of every economy in the world. Now, being in the, in the university um, venue and working with young entrepreneurs, um, there's a lot of kids that are starting businesses while, you know, in college and university. Are you seeing an, a, a, like a little bit of an uptick in that? I, let, and let, let me tell you why I'm asking that question, Dale, because I find this younger generation, they're so much more courageous. You're, you're a peer, right? We're peers. Right. I find right. them to be really courageous and not afraid to step into the unknown. Are you seeing that at the university level, too? The, the amazing thing is I'm, I'm seeing that that the interest in entrepreneurship has never been higher. And so young people want to start their own businesses. They, they're inspired by by Instagram and all the social media. But the, the, the challenge is a lot of the old heads who are politicians are doing things that actually hurt entrepreneurship and, and, and hurt this gig economy, this idea of individuals doing it. So part of what we're doing as a university is really trying to be the voice to the powers that be to say, hey, hey, you know, these folks want to be entrepreneurs. Let's make it easier to be an entrepreneur so that the innovation can really help to fuel society and create jobs and create wealth. Yeah. And I think at that, that, like at that younger age, we're not, and I want to use the right word here. I don't want to offend anybody, but we're not damaged. It's probably still not the right word. We're not, there's still, there's still an element of society programming them right through school, parents, grandparents, churches, all of those things. But I still think there's an element of this purity with this younger generation that we haven't, because they haven't been in the, you know, quote unquote work environment, corporate, whatever, whatever the, the, the venue is that they're, um, that they're they're clean slates. So their innovation, I think they could tap into it faster than maybe somebody like me at my age. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? What well, do you absolutely. say? And, and, and the example I often use is skiing. I, I was learning how to ski late in life. And people said, Dale, you're a good athlete. Just go up there. You can ski. But they started skiing when they were very, very young. And what happens is when you start young, you're not scared of failure. You start <laughs> to do that. You don't care about falling down. You'll get up and so on. But us, us older heads will sit there and say, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to break a leg. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to. And that's the thing. The same thing with entrepreneurship is that young people, you know, don't know what they don't know. And so they try things and they take risks and they succeed. Whereas old people say, well, Joe failed in his business, so I don't want to fail in my business. And so but we have to we have to revive that entrepreneurial spirit, which, again, is fueling really, really success and and financial independence. And, and, you know, with COVID now, I, I think the door to entrepreneurship actually expanded because people all of a sudden that 
like, like I was, I was never on zoom. Well, I was on zoom, but not to the extent I'm on zoom now that you become an expert in this daily technology that we're using. Now it's just part of how we do business. It's how we communicate. It's how we have meetings. So all of a sudden this whole global world, I think opened in, in an instant. And I know it wasn't in an instant. And because the kids are so technologically aware, I think that there's a lot of new tech innovation coming from that generation. I don't know. Do you see that at the university level too? Absolutely. There's a lot of tech innovation, but there are a lot of innovations on low tech stuff too. And I think sometimes that, you know, there's so much focus on the sexy tech that (laughs) I I met a young woman yesterday. I had a great conversation. She was referred to me who's developed, uh, she was, uh, has a cleaning business and developed these natural cleaners that on her own, just natural cleaners and, and got it registered and Shark Tank called her up. And so she, uh, she turned them down and said, I'm not ready, but Shark Tank called her up because she's inventing these products. But then now with technology and social media and other things, there's so many opportunities. And frankly, it's fun to me. It's just so exciting to do, do things differently in a, in a new way. And I think that's what fuels this, this entrepreneurial growth. And it's funny, Dale, because when COVID hit, right, every, I, I think like you, we did everything live, right? I spoke right, live. My right, clients right, was everything right. live, right? We networked live with everything live. Right. And then all of a sudden the world closed. And I remember t- I was taking classes and learning technology and trying to perfect my Zoom skills again, right? Because I'm thinking, wow, I see it's here. I have to pivot, you know, make sure that your, your arms, my own, my own development. And I would remember tired at the end of the day of all this learning. I'd go upstairs and my husband said, you know, how's it going? And I'm like, I really don't know a lot of stuff. (laughs) So it's so fascinating because when we're forced to jump into a realm that just hasn't been our, our, um, our focus, right? Like that technology was never my focus because I did everything live. Then all of a sudden you're thrown in the deep end. You figure it out. You figure it out fast. But I was invigorated by it too. And my husband says, I haven't seen you this ener- as ex- exhausted as I was with the learning piece of it. I was so energized because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I could do this and I could do this and I could do that. And you, again, I think like my brain was in business mode, but it was like the same old, same old. And right. now I felt like I had this um, new kick, right? Yeah. That I had a new way that I could approach things and learn and grow my business onto a global marketplace, not just the East Coast and the United States. So fascinating. I don't know. Did you have that kind of shift? Well, well, absolutely. And, and I'll confess that uh, early on before the pandemic, I would get all these invites to talk on Zoom. And, and it really annoyed me because I just went I just, just on the phone. I don't want to, we don't need to see each other. We don't need to do that. So I really was annoyed <laughs> by Zoom. But then with the pandemic, it, it opened up. Um, I started a pro, I created something called the Black Inventors Hall of Fame and the Black Entrepreneurs Hall of Fame to record some incredible people that have been forgotten in history. Yeah. And we did, we, we took a year to plan it via Zoom with people across the country and did in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the hundredth anniversary of that, that race massacre. We actually had a ceremony and, and we were planning it and about 20 of us. And the first time we met in person, Connie, was the day before that event. So we had never, it was all Zoom every week. Fridays at 1.30, we still have a call at 1.30. We had a call and, and, and the power. And so the other thing that, that, that I don't think we've even fully taken advantage of the, the Zoom and other video technologies, because you know the 20-80 rule, the 20% of the yeah. people, 80% of the work? Yeah. Well, what we do is we have regular calls and that 80% that doesn't want to work drops off. So you get a call with the 20% from around, really around the world and, and you can really get stuff done with really like good, like-minded people. 
And I think when all is said and done, you're going to find all sorts of things that have come out because of these, the ability of good people to connect in ways they couldn't before. It's so true. And it's funny because, you know, prior to 2020, my clients were all corporate and then just going through the networking, you know, you and I are just really good at networking. It's kind of like what we've done our whole life. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden I'm meeting with all these small business owners around the world and they were like, can you help me with this? And I was like, oh my gosh, of, of course, like never dawned on me that they would need my help because see the thought, shame on me. Right. And, and this again is where those perspective shifts happen in our own thinking. You know, I assumed, well, they're business owners. I'm a business owner. They know how to sell their stuff. Right. And, but they're really good at, and whatever their zone of genius is, right. Whether it's building ink cartridges or it's a coaching person, you know, how to scale your business to seven figures. That doesn't mean that they're really good in their own sales. They know their product, their service, but are they good at delivering the sales conversation? And, and I was finding no, that they know they're leaving money on the table, but they're not sure where because their expertise wasn't in sales. So it was so fascinating to all of a sudden people asking me, questions. And I was like, you're not doing that thinking, well, you're a business owner too. So again, that, that shift in perspective, I think is truly valuable when these events happen in life. They're so, so valuable. And and, and you're right. And and it forced us to really get out of our traditional thinking. Even, even those of us like yourself and I, who are, we're innovators naturally, we're naturally innovators, but you still find yourself in a, in a rut that, (laughs) that, um, um, that you don't even know you're in you know, till you get shaken up like, like we did. I know I used to say with COVID, I go, you know, we're all in the snow globe and right. it's just shaking and shaking. We're right. waiting right. for that snow to land. Right. So it was because right. every day was like, what's next? What's next? Right. What's new? You learn, you learn to be fluid during 2020 for sure. Right. Or you, mm-hmm. you had a really rough year. Um, that next question. So now I'm curious, how does the Institute help entrepreneurs? Cause you mentioned the younger, you mentioned veterans, right? Would, how do you guys um, support the, the local businesses? Well, and, 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 and originally it was just local businesses, but there's just building on our, our Zoom and um, discussion. So we have a program called Veterans Launching Ventures, focused on veterans and their family, family businesses. And so before the pandemic, we would have an in-person class with about 20 different veterans from New Jersey. They'd come in. It's a great program, eight-week program. But Zoom forced us to go, I mean, uh, the pandemic forced us to go on Zoom. So, uh, so we actually took advantage of that, and now we are serving veterans and or actually then we were serving veterans in 25 states and three countries uh, on our program it's a nine-week program of veterans. we talk about everything from marketing to finance to operations to all the all the nuts and bolts and help people develop a business plan and present their business plan but connie that had been so successful but that the va there's an article in the veterans administration um uh, newsletter that went viral and so we got we went from 50 applications to 500 applications you know, and, and really in like three or four days. So what we've done, we've expanded the program to have a, a, a class, to have a webinar. I, I do a coaching program. And so, so we've really become really one of the largest veteran entrepreneurship programs in the, in the country. And so, um, you know, one of the things I'd love to talk to you about is that we're, we're now in the process of figuring out how do we get someone to sponsor this? Cause it's all free. It's all free for the veterans. So, um, you know, so that sales that you're an expert in, is really selling, you know, um, uh, you know, corporate sponsorships, selling that's sales. And so that kind of stuff. And so, 
So that's good. So the family businesses we have, I have a show called Family Business World where I interview family businesses. We do the New Jersey Annual Family Business of the Year Awards. This was our, our 29th. And so, um, um, and so just amazing businesses, over 10 million in sales, under 10 million in sales, and new family businesses. Uh, we have a student entrepreneurship competition that actually goes to the state. Um, and we call it FDU Pitch, and it's, it's you pitch. And so you compete against Princeton and Rutgers and, and uh, you know, Montclair and uh, Seton Hall and others on, on their entrepreneurial, um, entrepreneurial program. And then finally, the thing that I'm, I'm kind of most proud of is, is um, people know the opportunity zone legislation where, where um, uh, investors can get tax breaks to build nice buildings in, in urban areas. What I've created is something called the Entrepreneur Zone, and we convinced the governor and the head of the NJ Economic Development Authority, Tim Sullivan, to adopt this idea. And the idea is to create an ecosystem of entrepreneurial businesses in economically challenged areas or on Main Street so that they can grow and develop in the community uh, where they are that are currently struggling and really have something we call co-opetition where they're competing, but they work together as a unit and we can get funding and support and consulting. And I may, may ask you to be involved with some of the sales training for them as well. And so this entrepreneur zone thing that we're now trying to do across the country is really growing. I love it. You know, and, and just as you were speaking, this is what popped into my head. <clears throat> so I'm the type that pops in my head, Dale, you're going to hear my comment. <laughs> you're going to hear my thought. I don't know if you watch any HGTV, but there's one particular show, um, hometown it's called, and it's with Ben and Aaron, their husband and wife team. Okay. And he's a woodworker. She's a designer and they repurpose. Like if they break into the wall and the wood could be saved. So they're all about refurbishing, reusing, right? And, and, and being good to our planet. So I just love that aspect. But they started, you know, 10 years ago, and it was funny because HG, HGTV found them kind of similar scenario, like you're saying, to some extent. But anyway, what they started doing is working with business owners on Main Street and renovating the internal and external right vision of the buildings, et cetera. And then they started with the houses and little by little, it was a movement for them that they wanted to give back to their community. And now they're, you know, they've got, they're, they're probably multimillionaires, but their initial intent was not necessarily um, to become these, you know, uh, iconic players right, on right. HGTV but giving back to their local community, which had a lot of poverty and a lot of closed businesses. And now they're, they're thriving, right? And people are moving there and people are trying to duplicate what they did in, you know, Laurel, uh, Mississippi. So it's that same concept that if we put effort and focus into something and, you know, it starts with one little speck, right? The ripple, you put the pebble in the pond, but what are those long-term ripple effects that we can create and really, um, be part of, I think in this, it, it, anything's possible now. I don't know. Did, did that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It makes, makes total sense. And, and, and part of it, we've become, I've become really evangelical about, and some, you know, my team is, uh, it's really just three of us, Maura Panuski and Sue Slavin, you know, our, 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 the Rothman team. And so we're working with, we, we love partnerships, but, but we, we need to be evangelical about this idea of entrepreneurship because of what, what, what you're saying. And I'd love to connect with those folks because um, Main Street, you know, and, and if you step back and look at history, you see things repeating itself. So Main Street was killed by the malls. Yes. The malls are being killed by the Internet. And so now there's an opportunity for Main Street to come back with entrepreneurship, because what happened is a lot of these small businesses can't afford the big downtowns. So Main Street, they can afford. We can renovate it. We'd love to have that kind of 
a family to do that. And so you can start looking and in urban areas, there are opportunities, but there, but small business has to be a collaboration now. See the idea of either you're going to make it Connie, or I'm going to make it is it has to die on the vine now. And that's why these entrepreneur zones, it's like, let's come together as entrepreneurs, support each other, create jobs and really grow our community. And, 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 and that resonates more than, than ever. And frankly, small businesses have always been that way. But the narrative on TV and other things is that they're cutthroat and they're ripping you off and they're millionaires, you know, and, and they're struggling to survive like every average American or every average citizen of the world. It's true. And it's funny because like you were saying, your team met on the Friday at one thirty on Zoom <clears throat> until you did the event. You had never really met live and in person, even though we were, you know, you guys were all local. Um, the collaboration is so easy. I have a colleague, she's in Canada and another one in Florida, and we're trying to build like these mini workshops for people who are making under a hundred thousand dollars. Because my feeling is to make a hundred grand, well, at least in the United States, I'll let me, let me rephrase that. It's not that hard, but you, if you don't know what you don't know, of course it becomes hard, right? So we're trying to build these very affordable mini workshops to help those small business owners get to that six figure. And then obviously when you use this, you learn the skill, you can continue to scale beyond that. Um, that wouldn't have happened. Canada, New Jersey, and Florida. Florida like that would right. have been impossible. And doing right. conference calls would have been awkward. And so we're creating at a quicker level because of this, you know, visual collaboration, sharing screens, having live documents that we can edit together. All of those things, you know, Dale, when I started my business 20 years ago, we didn't, the internet was, was a nothing. I mean, you had an email. We didn't really have websites per se. It wasn't a mandatory thing. So just fascinating. What are, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing? And I'll say in New Jersey, cause I know that your expertise, but now that you have this bigger vision right. on a more global scale, because you're dealing with entrepreneurs all over um, the world, what are some of the challenges that you see in this next you know decade? Well, one of the next five I, years, I, I often say is that if every politician in the world had to have made payroll, this would be a very different world mm. because they don't understand. They don't understand how hard it is for small businesses to make sure they survive, especially in a pandemic. And so so a lot of the public policy goes against the success of entrepreneurs. The paperwork requirements are the same in small businesses and big businesses. You know, the, the taxes, there should be major tax breaks for small businesses that don't exist. The reward for hiring local people, you know, doesn't exist. And so, uh, you know, giving back to your local community, there should be a greater reward for, you know, most of the, the, the little leagues and other things are funded by local small businesses, not the big businesses that go on TV saying we're giving away $10 million, but that's like $10 to, to a small business. So, so those challenges of not understanding their value to society, and that's where the Rothman Institute comes in, where I've written over the last year and a half about 15 different articles about entrepreneurship and other things. We're doing that. We give a lot of presentations every Friday. We have, as you know, we have a, a, a session. I do the TV show. But some of the other things, too, is, you know, small business folks are so focused on making money, so focused on surviving that they don't have time to take your course. They don't have time to learn about sales. They don't have time to learn about leadership or forget technology, you know, and so many of them aren't even, as many of them don't even have websites yet, you know, let alone be on social media. So, and again, this is where I think government could be helpful to really help support 
the training of these folks so they can get some technical expertise to be successful. So they need someone like you desperately. It's sad, too, because, you know, I meet entrepreneurs all the time and they they meet me and they think, oh, I need to talk to you. And then you know, and my program isn't even expensive, but they but the, the response I get often is con because they have so many balls in the air and it falls on us. Right. The business owner. It's not like right. you could delegate certain th- certain things you should be delegating. Right. And we, we're learning that, too. But certain things you really can't delegate. Right. So when you have 20 balls or 20 things that you're working on, like website mar- message mar- on your your uh, marketing messaging, mm-hmm. getting up social media campaigns, all of those things take time and you have to be the editor and the writer for a lot of that content. It's not like you can just hire a VA to write your content. Like you could, you can never hire someone to, to write your articles, maybe to get it going, but then it's got to be your voice, right? You have to go back and edit it. So there's certain things we have to do. And that's where I think um, people will say to me, I know I need this and I know the return on the investment is going to be exponential. I literally don't have the bandwidth right now. And that breaks my heart because personally, because I think, but if you put some of the other balls down, focused on bringing revenue in, you could do that other stuff with less stress in your life. But, you know, when you're in the throes of, of growth and just finishing those projects, you just can't look at anything else. We physically, mentally, emotionally don't have the bandwidth. It's, right. it, I feel bad. It, it really is it's tough. And then there's another thing, too, that's very hard is, is really succession. So we would do a lot with family businesses. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I wrote this book on influence called Intelligent Influence and the idea that influence really controls everything and how you view what's in the media, what's in, in movies. And, you know, there's a mindset among young people is that it's not about building a business. It's about building a business that doesn't have to be profitable than having Google buy your business. And so a lot of the next generation doesn't really value, understand the value of a, of a family business, of sustaining the business, of sustaining jobs of growing the business. You don't have to be a sexy internet company to, to, to sell. And so there's a mindset of understanding this idea of entrepreneurship that I think a lot of folks and, and especially the younger generation don't quite, quite get. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the succession uh, planning. My business had just always been raising my kids, right? It was the business, make a living, work, keep working, keep working, right? right? Get on that hamster wheel, keep pumping out the money, Connie, right? Because whatever college and hockey and whatever was going on in their life. And now they're adults, right? They graduated college and they're showing an interest in my business, which fascinates me because I would never have said anything. You know, it's my my jam. It doesn't have to be their jam. But one is a finance major. One is a marketing major. And this was fascinating, Dale, when my uh, little guy went to University of Delaware, um, was in his last year. And they did a lot of um, hands-on work rather than just taking classes. Like they were creating businesses and stuff like that. And he called me and he goes, can I use your business and talk about maybe I can make some ideas on things that you should be implementing as a small business? And I was like, sure, I love that idea. So he and he would bring me through as he went through the class and I would say, oh, I'm already doing this. And then he would say, well, mom, have you thought about that? And I'm like, no, but I like that. I think I have to add that. What does that mean? So he started teaching me. Well, now fast forward, they're both kind of interested. So my rule is you got you got to still work for someone for a few years. You have 
have to know what it's like to show up, be part of a team, maybe work for a boss you don't love. All of those life skills that are just really important foundationally. And now in the next decade, I'm going to try to build. I'm going to build. Let me rephrase it. I'm going to build legacy business. So if they really do want to take it over, they can. And if they don't, I'll be in a position to sell it. Never thought about that before, Dale. It's fascinating. Yep. And 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 what 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 it takes so much to build a business from the grass <laughs> up, right? Yeah. It takes it takes blood, sweat, and tears. And so I think young people initially, because my daughter's saying, well, I don't want to do that. I don't do that. Then they start to see the real world and they realize mom's already laid the groundwork for this business. Yeah. You know, I can still make it my business. It doesn't mean that I have to be her business. I got to have my own, you know, my own son. You know, I want to do that. But, but family businesses are really just wonderful ways to, to make sure your kids are successful. They're having a great time. They have fun and they can take the business. There's a business, actually, one of our businesses, uh, Charles E. Green is out of Newark. It's 170 years old, seven generations. They make, believe it, and the amazing thing I'm learning, Connie, of the businesses that I've worked with that have been around a long time, they'll make one thing. So they make the metal around paintbrushes, and they do it better than anybody else in the world. And that the 170 years. But the, they have the seventh generation or the eighth generation are two daughters. And the daughters say, so they have this menu. They're going to continue to do that. But they've started a cosmetics business. So they actually will, will do kind of custom cosmetic. If you want to start your own cosmetic lines, they're going to do that. So you have this factory, then you go upstairs and you see this, you know, it looks like Chanel, you know, a Chanel floor. And so it's, uh, and so you see that and, 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 and why America doesn't, or the world doesn't celebrate these kinds of things because it's, it's wonderful. It's family staying together at a time when families are splitting apart. You know, it's generating jobs. It's building the economy. And so you can see I'm enthused, like you're, you're enthused, I'm enthusiastic about these entrepreneurs as the way out of all this mess we're in, the divide in the country, the economic challenges. So, um, you know, you know, until I die, we're going to we're going to continue to push this. And, and you I'm, and me, Dale, I'm telling you, we met and we were like, uh, we got a lot of things we got to get done. Right. Because a lot of energy between the yeah, two of well, us. And, and I think but I think also philosophically, we come from the same perspective, yeah. um, you know, of giving back and, and being innovative and creating jobs. And, you know, it, it's funny because even my VA, she started a VA agency now as people heard me. Oh, I have a VA. And I went to her and I'm like, do you have friends? Do you you know, can you help my friend out? And all of a sudden, you know, 12. 12 people later. And so I said to her, we need to build an infrastructure for you to create a business so that you can do some of the training for the VAs, right? And you kind of be the liaison and then they take over from there and you continue educating your VAs as you learn things to keep them relevant. And you have to see, she's building a thriving business. She's 21 years old out of the Philippines. I love it. Like, I feel like, um, it's it's my responsibility. And of course it's not, but she's so, she works so hard for me. I think, no, we have to build your empire too, as we're building mine. Right. So I, I just, I, yes, I'm passionate about this too. And I get really excited when young people will approach me and say, Hey, I have a business idea. What do you think? And then I'll tell them, these are great. Here are some holes. Go back to research, see what you can do. Who do you need? And then we have Rothman Institute that helps these small businesses as well. We're, we're out of time, Dale, but what, just really quickly, what do you think um, the future of entrepreneurship is, especially because like, this is your, your zone of genius. Well, well, and, 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 and I'm saying, you know, as we're, as we're talking, I'm sitting here thinking about exactly that. And I'm thinking that why don't we create 
you know, Connie, you know, again, I've, you know, like Tony Robbins and all these other folks, we need to create an entrepreneur kind of, of, of event, maybe in New Jersey, maybe somewhere else where, where folks come together, they get expertise, they're motivated, they're pumped up. They feel because what I'm learning, especially at our rewards, they don't know each other. It's like this, they said the first time, this is the first time I'm talking to people just like me who are in this business. And so maybe with your energy and my energy, we can do a conference and bring entrepreneurs together yeah. and just about entrepreneurship and all the details. And that's where I think the future is. I think the future is up to us. I really think those of us that believe this, you know, really have to advocate with our friends and, and legislature and the governor's office and others and say, hey, folks, it's not about not being against anything. It's being about this segment of society, which can really help help many, many people. And so that's where I think it is. I think I'm very optimistic. I really I am. I am, too. Isn't that funny? I am, too. I just again, the energy of these kids and the lack of fear, their courage. That's the better word. They're so courageous. I I think that that's the energy that we need to also continue to tap into um, or bring into our businesses to get that injection of those new ideas. Like my son did with the class, right? He was learning, but he's young, he's creative. He doesn't have all of the clutter in the head that you and I have Dale, right from life. It's crazy. So, and as he was saying ideas, I'm like, Oh, I really like that. We could do that. That's a great idea. Tell me more. Can you, can you do more research for my, my business? And you know, isn't that a fun conversation to have with your kids too? It really is. It, it, it really is. And, and um, you know, so again, I want to thank you so much. It's wonderful being on this show. Love, loved and having continue you. Continue to work together. Yeah. And, um, um, and make them change. You know, my, my view is it's not even about money. It's about making history. My view is, you know, let's make history. Let's change the world for the better while right. we're here. I'm with you because we're going to have grandkids and great grandkids. What kind of legacy are we leaving them? Forget about the business, right? What kind of world are we leaving them? We certainly want to leave them one of of harmony, right? And peace and love, not, you know, um, divide and anger and all those things that we're facing now. Guys, listen to me. I know you need more Dale in your life. I need more Dale in my life. He's he's stuck (laughs) with me. He knows it now, right? So if you have a question, please email him directly at d. Caldwell at FDU for Fairleigh Dickinson University dot edu. I will post that in the show notes. Additionally, um, there's a website. I'd love for you guys to go and check out, see where you might fall if you're on the VA side, a small business side, a family business. Um, again, the resources that Dale is building and continues to build is exponential. So that website is um, fdu.edu and then it's slash academic slash Centers um, Institute Rothman. I will put it on the show notes so you guys can find um, Dale. Yeah, easy peasy. Uh, that's how we make, that's how we roll here. So um, Dale, thank you again. Um, such important work, such important work. Thank you for taking time and, and talking to my people. I'm so appreciative. Well, just honored to be here. And, and um, I look forward to hearing from folks out there. So take care. Absolutely. We need sponsors. You heard you heard the man here on my show. We need sponsors to really support um, these new entrepreneurs coming up and support the program so that we can do more and help more um, and give the education that's needed. So, again, please reach out to Dale uh, D. Caldwell at FDU.edu and and just pick his brain and and maybe brainstorm and collaborate and see what magic can be created together. So, Dale, I I look forward to working with you in the future and I'm going to be on your TV I'm going to be on TV, everybody. I'm so excited. I have to wear good makeup that day. Maybe I have to go to the Nork place where the the ladies are making the makeup. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's all in the family, right, Dale? I love it. Yes. Love it. Um, thank you again, my friends. It's always good seeing you. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover. No matter where you are on your career, your professional career, or in your client journey working with your clients, I hope my guests and I provide some tip strategies and ideas. For me, it's about you heard it. That's great. You're learning it. That's great. Start applying practice. Take some of the skills and tips that we talked about today and maybe implement them into your business or, or reach out to Dale and ask questions about how to start a business, whatever it might be for you. But again, I hope these tips and ideas are implementation immediately action creates reaction which creates the results and i and dale and i are all about the results um so again take one tip one idea and utilize it to your advantage um you do nothing nothing's going to change right um thank you again dale thank you all for joining me on changing the sales game podcast with me your host connie whitman on webtalkradio.net i truly am honored to have you all here weekly with me and again i hope our topics and our ideas just shift your perspective ever so slightly so maybe you see the world in a new way or from a different framework magic starts happening thank you again dale thank you all for joining me i'll see everybody next week have a great one Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.